everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Forward Thinking. It's Charlie and Chrissy here. So today we're going to talk about customer experience. And I'm going to be asking Chrissy some questions. And we're really going to be focusing on um, how to not make it turn into a mess, descend into chaos, confuse our prospects and our customers, and really gain control over the messaging that's going out there and make sure that it's consistent and presented in the right way. Um, you know, it can be a real differentiator for a company that can just come across like they've got their shit together, right? Yeah. Whereas the opposite um, can have a very detrimental effect on your business if you are really sending out mixed messages to people um, and you don't have a consistent and cohesive experience for them. So should we just jump right into it? Because um, yeah. I think you've got three primary things um, to focus on. So you want to kick off the first one? Yep. Yep. Uh, so customer experience, customer journey, whatever you want to call it, that's what we're focusing on. And I think just to start more now, more than ever, that is so important. And as we start to market to people, instead of just thinking about how we market to cust, you know, just like an account or a customer, we need to ensure that whatever journey that, you know, prospect or customer is on really you know, makes sense and, and, um, it, it could really impact like how they buy, you know, and especially with all these freemium models or product led, uh, go to market strategies, it makes that whole journey even more important and have, um, having that cleared up. So the first thing is it needs ownership. So many times I see that there's, there's no one really looking at the customer journey, all of the marketing teams are kind of focused on different areas and building their strategy for those goals, but they're not thinking about how does this fit into the big picture, but that can cause some problems, especially when their goals or the, the, you know, the strategy they're putting in place are confusing across the board or have a lot of activity that then can make the buyer annoyed or just have a, really friction, uh, you know, experience, like opposite of frictionless, really just wrong. You know, Can something... you give an example of, not a specific example, because <laughs> like I throw anyone under the bus, but <laughs> uh, kind of a high level example of how it could go wrong? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a perfect kind of classic example is someone signs up for like a, a your product, like a freemium version of your product, a lot of the times there's different teams thinking about what you do once that happened and they have their own strategy for that. So a marketing team, demand gen team might think, oh, I need to create this onboarding nurture. The sales team says, oh, that person could be ready to buy. They're from my target account. I'm going to start putting them into an outreach sequence. Mm -hmm. And then in the app, the app itself, you might also have messages that get sent out to the person or even, you know, chat bots that are trying to engage with them or even emails from customer success that maybe you don't even know about because they think of these people as really like product users and customers. And then maybe so even, you know, they just go into your market, your total marketable database and they're getting picked up by just a random campaign every week, right? That too, yeah. So the if you think about it, that's a lot of messages and a lot of different people reaching out to them. And from a prospect perspective, they could have 
barely done anything in your product so far, but they have all these conflicting messages on what to do next. And no team wins at that point. So I think having someone who can really take ownership of that whole experience, a lot of companies don't have a headcount dedicated toward this, but I think they do. Or marketing- well, they do need one. They do need one, yeah. And I, I think that that person, maybe for now can naturally live under the marketing ops team because the marketing ops team is the one team that supports all of the revenue function. And this person actually does need to work cross-functionally with the whole revenue function mm -hmm. because that's the whole prospect and customer journey. It's not just demand gen activities. It's not just, um, you know, what gets sent out of your marketing automation platform. It's everything and all those tools. And the marketing ops team has the one is the one team that's experienced supporting all of them. Yep. So having just even one person to do this. And I mean that because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of alignment. And this person can really be the architect and make sure that everything makes sense. And I'll give an analogy on this of why it's important or a real life example. I'm obsessed with the show Top Chef and they'll do this, um, this episode called Restaurant Wars where they take up you know, five contestants. Granted, they're all competing against each other, but they have to then join a team and then come up with a cohesive menu. And you'll see that the teams that have you know, from the start, a strategy and figure out, okay, this is going to be our plan. This is how our meal works together. All of it is, you know, based on each other and people will even, you know, put their own like way of cooking aside so they can win the competition. But then if you see other teams where maybe they're just thinking about themselves, they're just playing to their own strengths because they know, well, if I don't screw up, the rest of the team could, but if I don't screw up, I won't get kicked off then those teams are at the bottom because their whole meal made no sense, you know, and, and, and this is, this is what I'm trying to say here is yes, a team can maybe have their own winning strategy on its own, but we need to think about how that fits into the whole picture because the whole team needs to win to actually, you know, get a customer and make that customer happy. Yeah. Yeah. I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the second thing is, um, you know, where should you start? Like once you've set ownership, where should you start? And, and maybe you don't have one person that sets ownership, but maybe it's like a collective of people that have decided to say, okay, we're going to own this. Where do you start? And, and that's, that can be actually kind of a fun thing if it is a collective of people, because then it, they kind of really understand those different parts of the buyer journey and can speak to that. But the first thing is map the experience to the customer's expectations. So we talk about this a lot, you know, the golden rule of marketing, market to others as you would be marketed to. Have empathy for your prospect customer. How would they want to be marketed to? And a lot of the times we think about persona-based marketing. Okay, this person's title means that they're going to have this different, you know, whatever. That, that helps in some cases, especially if they're maybe buying a different product, but really it's, it should be based on behavior. What did, where did this person come from? Um, what did the person do that can change what their customer journey is like even more, because that's more indicating of what their expectation is. If someone's a cold lead, they don't expect to go into your nurture. They don't want to just get bombarded with emails that assume they know who you are. 
they want maybe some other, you know, messaging from sales to tell them, you know, this is why you should care about us. Or, could, is this your pain point? Yes, you should, you know, I want you to know about this. And so, but for someone who has engaged with you, downloaded your content or said that they want to subscribe to your newsletter, of course they want to receive your emails and they can go down that path and that matches what they're expecting. And that means that they're going to continue to engage with your company. Yeah, I think the the equation that we like to talk about um, that I think fits here is happiness is reality minus expectations. So yeah, say they're expecting a 10 and you deliver them a five, <laughs> you know, five minus 10 is, is a minus five. So, you know, try and think about what they're expecting and either match that or beat it. Right. And the cold data thing is, is perfect, right? Like if someone's not expecting to get a random email from you, then the reality of receiving that random email from you, you know, while maybe they're, they've, you know, just dropped off their, their kid at daycare crying and, <laughs> and they're a bit stressed out. <laughs> that may or may not be happening to us right now. Uh, and then you get that email, they're just going to unsubscribe, right? They're going to just be annoyed by it. Yeah. Um, or, or they're not expecting to get that phone call from, from sales, you know, at that time. And then they do or they do sign up for your product and they just want it. They literally just want to try it out. And then they just get absolutely inundated with just lots of different, like, like you said, the messages in the product, the, mess the email messages, then they get like invited to like three different webinars a week. And the, um, they, they've been automatically subscribed to the newsletter, like all of this stuff. And they're just like, Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed by this. All I want to do is just try this product for a day. Um, quick way to unsubscribe there. So think about the, the reality minus expectations and don't go below the zero. Right? Yeah. And I think if you are mapping this out, I think it's good to think about what are the goals along that experience that you want that person to do. And then, and then reverse engineer all the way from the beginning of these are all the entry points of people of how they would interact with us. How do we then send them on a path that will help us meet <coughs> these goals and, and then go to the next one. And, and this may take a while, but starting with like your, you know, your, your main ones, like your main sources, you know, someone who comes through your website from a demo, someone who downloads piece of content, um, or someone who, you know, is just showing in 10 or, or is the account you're going after, but might be a cold lead, you know, start with the basics and, and go down from there. But doing this whole exercise will, will really give, will one, give you a strategy too of what you should do. Yeah. And if you think about it, just fundamentally, right, we're all in marketing automation and that's, this is what marketing automation was born to do yeah. right? like segmentation sending the right message to the right person automating that but many companies aren't really even automating anything it's just like okay like get this email Batch. create it send it to all send these people mm -hmm. you know and and it's just like let's actually kind of try and live the promise of of what marketing automation is in a smart way mm -hmm. to really guide the experience and, you know, it's not that hard to do it in the tools. You can segment your database based on different, you know, intent um, uh, variables, like what are they signing up for or what are they doing or what are they looking like they're interested in? Um, then, of course, you know, we mentioned you know, person information. You can do that too. 
and you can really create a good experience for for the people in your in your database uh, i think that's the key part there are people in your database they're not just like a lead they're not a number you know you, whenever you do anything um that is like sending an email or, or a call or any kind of marketing like there's a human being on the other side of that screen seeing that and you want it to make sense and yeah you know, think about your those people in your database are your friends you know, right. like, would you, would you, treat would them you just like bombard them with a bunch of emails? And then uh, if you found out that also then maybe your dad and your mom was also messaging at the same time, wouldn't that be weird? You know, wouldn't you want to know about that? Or maybe that's a top tip. You should add all of your friends and family into the database and then get them to text you when things get annoying. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a really good idea. If anyone tries that, let me know. Um, but yes, yeah, so- do it with their consent, of course. <laughs> yeah you don't want them to see you that's like a your whole grandma sees you which is gdpr <laughs> violation <laughs> yeah um damn you grandma um, Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so definitely map out the experience and and so that to your customer expectations i have to actually give the credit to um uh, Cynthia Salas from Corsair, um, and she she actually gave me those exact words, the customer expectation. And ever since she said that, I said, "Oh, this is a perfect way to talk about it. Like, what are they expecting, and how do you try and meet those expectations?" I love yeah, it's that. a good way to force yourself to force yourself into empathy, right? Yeah, to think about the expectation. So, third and final thing to do. What is yeah. It? So, I think the next, the last thing is look at what you currently have. And I think find examples and audit. And this is something you can do over time uh, too, because, you know, once you do these activities, you're probably going to be potentially re-architecting your customer experience or journey and, and making sure that it matches your uh, customer's expectations, but always kind of audit that, you know, and, and I think the first thing, even before you start mapping out, if you just want to know what's happening now, do an audit, you know, to create a few test leads from different sources or look into a few leads that came in from different sources recently. What path did they go on? Like, what what are the things that happened to them? Map that out. Um, and, and that'll give you really good guidance into maybe, oh, shoot, I didn't know there was all these emails hitting this person, or I didn't mm-hmm. know that, you know, actually they you know, these people aren't being emailed at all. That could be happening too, um, just based on how you segment out your database um, the right way. So- uh, Yeah, and I think creating test leads is good. You mean, I've even seen people go so far as creating like a few different different accounts, Mm -hmm. adding the, creating, you know, filling out a form here, filling out the demo form, like doing like different things. And then, um, and then just seeing what happens. It's good to have them in different inboxes because then you can actually see like what's happened to that individual as opposed to maybe doing all the test leads with like a plus test and then everything coming into your inbox. Both ways are fine, but you know, the other way you could just go every, every week, you just go into that inbox and just see what's happened. Um, obviously you're missing some of the sales calls and stuff like that, but um, so going the extra step to look at real real leads and seeing what they got and when they got the call and all of that kind of stuff is is an extra step as well yeah and if you have a product-led focus this is going to be a piece where you need to step out of your market automation um platform or if you don't have your sales engagement tool connected to say see the activities marketo you need to step there too but look into the other systems what's that journey there who 
who are those audiences? Some if you feel like you can't, you know, put yourself through the whole product experience because maybe it's too technical or whatever reason, meet with someone on the product side, like ask them, get some insight there. Um, really try and figure out what kind of channel you can get to get insight into that. Cause all of it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of people in marketing operations and marketing just say to me, I have no idea what's going on in outreach or sales loft, you know? <laughs> so like if that's, that's concerning, right? You could literally be sending a conflicting email at the exact same minute mm. to someone. Yeah. Yep. And there are simple fields that you can sync from the systems to actually give you that insight into who's being sequenced and how often and um, what step they're in. Um, so just even incorporating that back into your own segmentation, I, I think can give you better insight. So there's a lot you can do there, but the, the main thing is do an audit, do it often, maybe pick a, a certain cadence where if you make big changes to your customer experience, you know, test it out. How does that, does it make sense? Is there some type of, um, friction that's happening or is there something that doesn't really make sense to the prospect or customer and how do we address that? the better it is, the better experience, the more impact on your revenue. And really at the end of the day, that's our main goal here. How do we create more rev revenue? You know, how do we generate more? How do we close it? And all of this is the big key factor into all of that. Um, so hopefully, you know, I say this after, hopefully that was useful, but for, I think that, you know, for a lot of you, whether you're marketing ops, just the whole marketing team, I think this is an episode that you should definitely listen to because I see it across the board. There's not someone that owns this. And so I think this can be definitely a conversation starter for your whole marketing team or CMOs if you're listening to this conversation starter. How do we make this an initiative? And for the, for 2021, I think you need to. Um, so yeah, um, that's it. If anyone has any questions about this, you know, feel free to ping me on LinkedIn. Um, or both of us or go to our website and chat with us there um, but we'll see you next time on episode of forward thinking Thanks.